On today's episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand, I got the pleasure of talking with Jake Newbold from Piglet. Him and I really geeked out when it came to digital marketing. We talked all about what he's doing to lower his acquisition cost and scale campaigns massively right now. You guys are going to love this one. Before we begin, I wanted to let you know something super exciting. We have rebranded our podcast to be the Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand Podcast. We're so excited about this because we want to bring you the most amazing content when it comes to your e-commerce business. We want to help you scale. All of that being said, we have an amazing resource that we want to share with you. It's calculators, marketing calculators to figure out how much you can afford to spend on your marketing. We've got three different calculators on the website. So go to mindfulmarketing.co slash marketing dash calculator. Now on to today's episode. All right. I have Jake Newbold from Piglet and he's also from England. So you're going to get a wonderful accent today. Jake, welcome to Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand. Hi, thanks for having me on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is great. Uh, I am super, super pumped uh, to hear your story. Tell us a little bit about who you are and, and what you do. Yeah, sure. So, as you mentioned, I'm Jake Newbold from the UK, north of England to be specific. I run all digital advertising and performance marketing at Piglet. Piglet is a e-commerce brand focused on selling high-end homewares, luxury sleepwear, uh, and all things bed linen. Awesome. Awesome. That's great. So how did you get started in, in digital marketing? I mean, this, this podcast, we're all about, you've, you've listened, you know, lots of people out there have listened to lots of these episodes before. How did you exactly get started in digital marketing? Yes. Good question. So I did the standards, uh, college. I didn't actually go to university. Um, but I knew I had a keen interest in marketing started out as a junior at a local agency and then worked up from there really got some client side experience under my belt um, and kind of just fell into to digital and then paid social specifically cool um, you know i think as a user in my my sort of age group i'm 24 so kind of grown up really with the instagram and facebook of how, how prevalent it is now um, so i was always quite curious about you know how adverts run, how brands position themselves, and kind of just, yeah, really enjoyed being behind ads manager, if you like, and, you know, seeing what how, what the power is behind how you can how you can target customers and how that plays out. So let's let's talk paid social for, for Piglet uh, specifically and, and, you know, see what we can exactly get for, for guests who are listening out there. So what percentage of of what you guys are doing is being driven by your paid social? Yep. So, you know, we have a, a direct marketing, direct response budget, if you like. And when that starts to get allocated out, we, we're pretty aggressive with our paid social uh, budget allocation. So probably 60, 70% is going to the likes of Facebook, Instagram, yeah. Starting to try a little bit with Pinterest DR ads, which is uh, has some quite interesting results, which we can talk about. But yeah, we've we've been pretty bullish from day one awesome. on on the organic and paid. It's really been you know it's meant we can we've been able to accelerate our efforts and just reach more people. 
Totally. Yeah. And the interesting thing, when I was Googling you guys before, I just searched Piglet and then obviously, you know, Disney's character Piglet pops up first, but you guys yeah. are like the second or third result for me, which is, I find actually crazy that your SEO has, is that high for that particular term. Yeah, sure. We've, you know, and to be fair, and this is my job, I've only been with the company six months where SEO is largely untouched for us at the moment. We know we've got a lot of work to do there, but in terms of brand uh, on search terms and growth, we've seen really great results. Obviously we need to grow the non-brand side of things, but yeah, that's, that's been, it's been great for us so far. And I think the likes of getting a lot of good PR coverage and having a strong organic social followings really helped propel that. Totally. Totally. I, I just want to take a little aside here. So for those of you who don't know, or you're not running any sort of PR, PR is awesome because it's not only do you get all of the referral traffic from your PR that are, that are doing stories on you, but after that, you're also getting um, uh, extra domain authority or extra page authority when they're writing articles and they send links your way. So like PR a hundred percent, I'd say after paid social PR would be your next, your next play um, as a brand. So just a little aside for the listeners out there. Um, really looking to PR. I'm going to try and have like a PR specialist on here at some point because I really think that it's, it's super good. Sometimes you'll just get PR, right? People will just write stuff, but there, there is a bit of an art to it. Yeah. I mean, PR is not my um, sort of domain, so to speak, but we can definitely tell that when we get that really key press coverage in some of the some of the sort of credible titles in the UK, whether that be the Guardian or the Times, we can see that sort of organic halo effect across the other yeah. channels. So obviously you can see the referral traffic, but we know that has a positive impact on organic and direct as well, as you said. Yeah, 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 totally, totally. So let's, let's talk paid advertising, because I mean, that's one of our favorite uh, things to talk about here on the podcast. Um, What's working right now? Right now, just for context, everybody, we're early June of 2020. Um, you know, if you're listening to this in a year, you know, maybe the world is, is an even worse place than it is right now. <laughs> but what's, what's working right now for you guys um, during this COVID era um, as far as paid advertising is concerned? Yeah, so from a tactical standpoint, we've, we've been fortunate enough to really double down on paid advertising and due to COVID we've, you know, we've actually been positively impacted. Uh, you know, everyone's spending more time at the home it kind of it makes sense that people want to optimize their environment. So <laughs> bedding upgrades and, and sleepwear is on the agenda for a lot of people. So in terms of paid ads, obviously I said we're, we're quite aggressive on Facebook and Instagram. We've been able to, scale spend while still ensuring we meet the ROI requirements. And I've really adopted the Facebook's mantra now, if you like, of their power five, which they're really pushing. So everything. Oh, can, can you from, explain, explain that to me? Yeah, sure. If I can remember the, the key bullet points, but off the top of my head, it's a consolidated account architecture. So consolidation means ease of use for the media buyer which is me, so there's less less variables to look at and you can spend more time looking at creative and that's probably where you can kind of, the needle moves a little more. Another, oh, thing, totally. another thing is, sorry, go ahead. 
Oh, I was just going to say like that. That's one of the things that we preach all the time. If you listen to this podcast at all, like offer number one, that's your, your number one thing offer after that creative. Those are the things that media buyers should be doing, right? Those are the things that actually move the needle a huge amount. Um, all the other stuff is amazing, right? But there's incredible AI out there that can help you with that portion of it. AI cannot help you with your creative yeah. or your offer. Exactly. And people have to remember that in the auction, Facebook, the, the ad that gets surfaced in the newsfeed needs to create value to the customer and, you know, creative should definitely not be overlooked. And then going back to the, the consolidated accounts of architecture, if you like, the more data you put into Facebook, the better. So I think gone are the days where, you know, five years ago, I myself included would have a lot more granularity and segmentation, yeah. you know, loads of campaigns and ad sets that really doesn't work as effectively. Well, in my experience anyway, it's about, so I mean, we have, I don't even know how many accounts at our agency that we run. And it's like, there's not a single account that needs more than like, I'd say seven or eight campaigns. Yeah, I agree. And the more you stretch it, obviously it depends on budget, but you struggle to push spend through the relevant campaigns and ultimately you won't be able to reach or get out of the learning phase, which is paramount really if you want to reach that kind of optimal level of um, effectiveness. So yeah, account consolidation would be number one. Going broad, number two, that's something we've seen um, be really impactful for us. So again, not being too, not being too targeted a lot of marketers yeah. think you should be, but um, actually just going super broad and letting Facebook do its thing, actually you get cheaper CPMs and ultimately cheaper CPAs. So that's been another great, great play for us to do, just going broad. Totally. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna step in. Sorry. I feel like I, no, I, this is like, this is marketer speak right now. You know, I'm like, <laughs> just want to affirm like, yes, you're totally right on right now. Like, um, the broader there's, there's actually some interesting, um, audiences that we've been trying where it's like these 10% lookalikes in the States. So 10% is like, what is that? 35 million people or something or 30 million people audiences. Yeah. We'll just do like a 10% lookalike to recent, I don't know, gold purchasers or, or, or yeah. whatever. Um, and so a 30 million person audience and that audience performs killer because you're just letting Facebook do its thing. Um, yeah. I can vouch for that. We've, you know, I think it's about testing, obviously, but we, we have eight to ten percent lookalikes are way outperforming sort of the tighter one to three percent. So just put them all in a campaign budget optimized campaign. <laughs> Said campaign three times there. A CBO for any media buyer acronyms, uh, and yeah. and just sort of do the range lookalikes and you'll see where the spend flows the best and ultimately yeah. you'll get the best results. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, let's talk, since we're talking media buying here, let's, let's just go all in on this. What is working as far as are, are you guys using mostly CBO like campaign budget optimization or are you guys using ad set budgets? I'm using all CBO and I have done pretty much since it, it came in. I just want to get super familiar with it. Um, obviously at the start we thought it was going to be mandatory now i've heard that it's it was supposed not, to be <laughs> yeah sure. apparently um so whether facebook aren't as confident in the product or there's been some revised versions i'm not sure but 
I've actually had great success with it. Everything I've done is CBO. Um, so yeah, I've just gone all out with it. Totally. One, one, of, the, one of the little CBO secrets that, that we found is, and I, I, tell me if this is something that you've seen, is essentially you can do whatever you want to that budget and it's going to scale. Like with those CBO budgets, I mean, we still do all the different scaling techniques like bid testing and all that kind of stuff, but, but you can really take that budget and not have to go up to that little 10 or 20% a day. Um, that's, that's what we've seen on CBO, which is just incredible. So for people out there who are scaling into the, you know, thousands or tens of thousands a day in ad spend, like this is a game changer for you. Yeah, but I, I agree with that. And we've, I've not even had to, I've not experimented that much with like minimum or maximum spends that you can do ad set level. I found it sometimes restricts the, the algorithm if you like yeah. into where you want to push spend. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm all for, uh, auto lowest cost as well. I know some people really love the cost caps and bid caps, but I've just found that sometimes you can really struggle with delivery on spend. So I've always had the best results. I always go back to lowest cost. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of Facebook's flagship product, right? That they started with one, one interesting thing that that we've been seeing is what we'll do is we'll take one of our like best winning um, ad sets. That's cold. So say it's like running at like a, it's going to be running at least like a five return on ad spend. We'll take that and then bid test all of those. And then you can get some insane results doing that. Yeah. Um, And I should trial. I think I, Another good thing is what you just said, but actually take the the post ID, which you'll be able to find in the URL. And then that means it'll, it'll retain any social proof and engagement on the ad. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, Pinterest, you've been experimenting any, I, we, we, we've rarely talked Pinterest on here because I feel like I've never, never been able to get the kind of results I've wanted to. Um, what are you guys seeing right now, especially like in your space? I feel like Pinterest advertising was built for Piglet. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, we've got great product photography and lifestyle imagery, so it does play into that well. Um, I won't sit here and say that we're spending as much on Pinterest as we are Facebook and Instagram. I've not been able to scale it as well are, are you getting results like are, are you able to get the roi or return on ad spend that you need yeah we're getting results so i like to look at everything in its native attribution so i'm not judging it on like a google analytics last click because it definitely doesn't play out well there um you know it's super top of the funnel early discovery stage and i think pinterest attribution is 30, 31, so 30-day post-click, 30-day post-view, one-day post-engagement. Pretty sure that's right. I think so, that's, what their, that's what their standard attribution is, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, it's it's pretty wide time window, but similar to Facebook if you want to look at that as well. Um, so, yeah, looking at their native attribution, and we're just, we're just doing prospecting at the minute. They've released shopping as well, which is – pretty much plug and plug and play. If you have a product catalog feed and you're an e-commerce site, like you would in Facebook with your DPAs, plug it in. You've got nice imagery. There's no targeting, just let it go to work. And, you know, we've been getting a sort of free to 3.5 X on prospecting, which with just, just running the catalog. Yeah. Yeah. Zero targeting. It is very little, um, 
sort of resource from me needed once it's once it's plugged in and you've got the, the Pinterest pixel set up. Um, yeah, it's really low barrier to entry to get started. I'd recommend at least trying a small portion of budget there. Yeah, yeah. Interesting, interesting. That's super cool. So if somebody was going to go about setting up their Pinterest, um, their Pinterest marketing, are you guys on Shopify? Yeah, we're Shopify. Okay. So how, like, it's pretty simple these days to, to be able to set that up. Is that right? Can you, can you kind of walk, walk us through that? Because I feel like that's just a no-brainer for every brand out there that's lifestyle, like, like just just chuck like 50 or 100 bucks a day on pinterest like if you're getting a 3.5 return other people are going to get that yeah yeah so like i say is especially if you're on shopify um you don't if you don't have any experience in you know google tag manager or placing code on a site um i'm 99% certain that pinterest has a, a dedicated app now which they you can do. Find i think it just came out yeah yeah, so it's literally a case of installing that. The pixel and all its events will will then apply on your site. You'll be able to then uh, sense check that in Pinterest. And yeah, it's just a case of plugging in your, your product catalog feed. Yeah. If you can sort Facebook out, Pinterest is, is very much the same. I will say, I don't think their ad product is as good as Facebook. It's I think it's still a long way to go until it gets a little bit more comprehensive but it's definitely worth a try if you've not if you've not had a dabble in it at all yeah yeah totally and what i've heard as far as pinterest and i'm zero expert as far as pinterest is concerned but um from from what i've heard uh opening the targeting up is the best thing to do right don't limit yourself to to keywords don't treat it like google um just open it wide up and see what pinterest can do for you yeah and if you one thing i've found is Pinterest account managers are super helpful. Oh, um, oh yeah. They'll set it all up for you. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And they'll tell you the same. Don't restrict the targeting. Keep it nice and open. Um, it'll encourage the delivery to, you know, make sure you can push spend out the door. But yeah, you're right. I think depends on your your brand and product. But we made a switch last week, and this applies for both Pinterest and Google Shopping. Yeah. From changing our product imagery. So instead of the sort of e-commerce uh, flat lay or product shot, whatever you want to call it, yeah. making sure that all images are switched over to the lifestyle image as the thumbnail image. Okay. We've, we've seen click-through rates sort of really increase on both Pinterest and Google Shopping and our retargeting DPAs in Facebook just by making that switch. Interesting. That is a good tip, Jake. Jake, that's the, that's the tip of the day, man. <laughs> think, so how, how do you do that? So we're quite fortunate because we have, we use a um, software called Feedonomics, which is okay. our feed let's put provider. A, let's put a link in the, in the show notes, Abby, for that Feedonomics. Yeah. So that's, everything is managed by them. So there's no, um, they manipulate all the feed. You just basically submit a, a ticket yeah. to what you want to happen. So they just make sure that they're appending, if you like, or they're choosing which thumbnail image you want to show. So, and they'll push that out to every marketing channel you have active. So in our case, Pinterest, Facebook, Google Shopping, everything is now shifted over to lifestyle. So it's all consistent, cohesive. Um, yeah, it's a great little, you know, little thing to do if you've That's... not experimented yet. 
Yeah, that's a great, a great, great tip. And so Feedonomics will actually, will deal with your um, Google and your Facebook? Yeah, every, every marketing channel they have, they, they'll do all the feed maintenance, make sure it's healthy. Um, yeah, I'm not an affiliate for them. <laughs> but, yeah, 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 yeah. Too, yeah, too bad, hey? <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Well, th- I mean, thanks so much. Like this, this has been great so far. Let's, uh, we got to ask her a question that we ask every single guest. Uh, what is your secret to scaling e-commerce brands? Secret to scaling e-commerce brands. I would say for us, an early investment in PR has really paid its dividends and a focus on growing our Instagram following, especially from day one. I tend to be a little bit reluctant sometimes on telling people followers are everything. And I'm not saying that, but you can actually use those followers and that engagement in the middle of the funnel in Facebook, for example. So it's kind of a two pronged approach, obviously all that's backed up and underpinned by having a great product, but those things have really helped us. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. That's great. I'm going to ask you a couple questions here in our lightning round. What is your favorite tool or app that you're using right now? Favorite app at the minute. And I actually checked my iOS screen time before this. Okay. I was, um, been true to what I said. I'm using medium a lot for article reading. So for me, I feel like they've really got the, the algorithm nailed in terms of what it suggests for my daily reads. Cool. Cool. Using that a lot. Oh, that's awesome. That's great. Uh, do you have a favorite podcast that you listen to? Favorite podcast. I'm a big Tim Ferriss fan. Oh yeah. I know he's bringing out a new, um, the tribe of mentors, kind of like a, a secondary to his book. So yeah, really like Tim Ferriss and also, um, e-commerce influence is another good one for media buyers. Totally. Totally. I've listened to that one for ages. Yeah, Andrew yeah. Foxwell is the host, I believe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, great guys. Great guys. That's awesome. Um, do you have a founder that you look up to? Founder I look up to? Maybe I should say my boss if I want to pay your eyes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Listen to this. Listen to this. Sure. Jessica Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, quick, I don't have anyone else that I'm afraid. You know, you know what? I've actually got, a, I've got an even better question for you. Um, because, because this is all about digital marketing. Do you have a digital marketer that you look up to? Is there somebody that you're following that you're like, man, whatever they say seems to work? Uh, not digital marketing specific, more just marketing. So a bit more generic, but there's a guy called Mark Ritson who he writes for marketing week. He comes out with some really interesting. Mark, Mark Ritz, Ritson. Yeah. He, he's Australian. Okay, put that in the show notes. Yeah, so he writes for Marketing Week. And then another good one who's worth following. He has a really good book called How Brands Grow. It's called Byron Sharp. Cool. He's um, is a professor of marketing, I believe, but he's got a really good book and comes out with some great articles. Cool, cool. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jake. Like, this has been amazing. I, I love this. I love talking marketing. Um, you know, it's, it's, to be honest, uh, for all those founders out there, it's just a nice shift from talking to founders, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, thanks for having me on. It's been good. <laughs> yeah. And where can people find out more about you? Uh, so I'm, I'm pretty active on, on Twitter. My handle is just at Jake Newey. I'm sure you can put it in the show notes. Yeah. LinkedIn, Jake Newbold. And then if you want to check out Piglet, it's pigletinbed.com. Do some good stuff. 
really comfy. Awesome. Get some pajamas. That's my yeah, yeah, yeah. Day, during during COVID, we we need both day pajamas and night pajamas. So uh, so that's Great. good. Perfect place to go. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks so much for your time. Thank you. Before we end, we just wanted to ask a couple of favors from you. If you enjoyed this podcast, can you please share it with your friends and leave us a rating, especially on Apple Podcasts? That would really help. Also, we have an amazing new free resource for you guys. It's marketing calculators. It'll help you figure out what your break-even return on ad spend is and more. So go to mindfulmarketing.co slash marketing dash calculator to find out more. Have a great week.